the Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow man, hoping we can make it Well, good evening, everyone. This is John Fisher with The Catch, live on Blog Talk Radio. And uh, we are excited to be joining you for another Tuesday night of some very interesting, stimulating conversation that relates to life where we live it on a daily basis as Christians. Now, that's a mouthful, but that's what we like to do here. And uh, I'm excited uh, to be with you tonight. We've been talking a lot lately about race relations. And, you know, I'm getting some help with this because I'm not good at this. This uh, This is not one of my topics that I really know a whole lot about. And um, uh, that's to my detriment uh, because I live in a largely white world, and uh, I'm 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 beginning to see some reasons to change that in the last few weeks with some of the guests that we've had. Last week especially was great. We had B. Haley, uh, the black drummer, with Toby Mack, and uh, B. was talking about how we've got to get our communities together and and that you it is something that you and I can do and we don't have to wait for the big wigs to do it we can do it we can we can go across the barriers that that exist in our community so that's a good one uh today tonight we have uh Doug Stevens back with us Doug is an uh intermittent pastor at uh, the Paradise Community Church in Phoenix. Doug's worked with a lot of pastors in conflict resolution. He's worked a lot with pastoral leadership, pastors together for conferences, and a lot of those pastors and conferences are with white churches and black churches. So he's had a lot of multicultural experience, multiracial experience. So even though it's a couple of white guys here talking about race, um, it uh, it's going to be interesting, and Doug's going to have some important things to say. So uh, I'm going to try and get him on the phone right now. Stay with us. Stay with us. Don't don't lose us. Here we go. Here we go. I believe we got Hello? A, got a person. Doug, John here. Yes. We are on. We are on the air. We Great. Gotta go. Okay, uh, sounds good. <laughs> We're going to talk about race uh, in America. And, um, you know, this is obviously a, a topic that moves to the front burner of many people's minds uh, in this country, especially due to uh, what's happened with uh, police shootings and then the uh, the what what a lot of people believe were were unfair shootings of black people by police and uh 
the whole Black Lives Matter movement, which picked up some steam. And so, uh, you know, this, this thing has raised its head again. We, we keep thinking that, that, that we've got this licked. But I think, I think, Doug, I think we lick it only at, uh, at, at one level. But we don't really solve the much deeper level of race that, that runs through all of us, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, am I right about that? Uh, why does it keep surfacing and, and probably will continue to? Well, we have a veneer of uh, civility um, that we can put on, and uh, but you scratch the surface and uh, you don't have to go very deep. And you find there's uh, an awful lot of uh, fiction, a lot, an awful lot of stereotyping and even hostility. It doesn't take much to provoke us. When I say us, I mean I mean all of us because we're all human beings, but we do live in different worlds uh, because we come from different cultures. And it ever mm-hmm. had, you know, it's it's always been the case. But um, you're right. Now it's uh, it's become inflamed again, and uh, it's actually a great time for us to to revisit this and to take a deeper look at it. And I think it would uh, it would be great if we could, um, and not just for a half an hour, but for a lot longer time. Oh, yeah. And uh, and engage this in a much more personal way. So full disclosure, I'm a white guy who grew up in a white world, and uh, I had a lot to learn. Um, but I didn't know that. Um, I certainly wouldn't have considered myself racist, though uh, my environment was uh, almost by definition. Um, there were some um, some black people that, uh, and we think of this, by the way, in, in terms of black and white, that's where we be- begin, but it really is much more... Um, complex and colorful than that, obviously, in this country where uh, the world has moved in and uh, we now live in a globalized uh, society. So, um, you know, we were comfortable. I I was comfortable with O.J. Simpson and Bill Cosby. By the way, look what's happened to those two figures who were acceptable, (laughs) you know, to to white audiences. um, And they were were kind of, um, you know, pitched in a certain way that made uh, them comfortable with us, not so much with uh, Cassius Clay, who became Muhammad Ali, who just passed... Uh, not too long ago, and uh, I think we slowly, grudgingly came to appreciate him, both his uh, his skills, but also his fierce independence um, and the way that he was determined to tell us that he's beautiful, that he's the best, because uh, we told him he was uh, nothing. Um, that's what he learned growing up, and that's what a lot of people who um, have grown up uh, as African Americans in this country have, have felt and have had to overcome um, and uh, and of course that's a, a lesson we are all beginning. We're all still you know trying trying to figure out what that means and what our part is in that. And, and most of us who are white are loath to talk about that. And we make little jokes about white guilt. We you know that I, I never owned any slaves myself, so um, we sort of absolve mm-hmm. ourselves very quickly. Um, but again, that's all stuff we do on the surface. We do defensively to keep ourselves away from the real issues which I believe can only be uh, faced and resolved when we get into relationship. Um, it's not going to happen um, certainly because we have you know, certain cliches we live by or certain traditions we've inherited or even um, an academic course that we take. It has to do with face-to-face relationship where we're listening, we're willing to learn. Um, we finally build something like a friendship um, and we are in people's homes. And that's what it took, frankly, for me I, I needed to hear some stories. There's something about the story itself, um, somebody sharing their story and my being willing to share mine. 
and even being willing to make a fool out of myself if necessary because you take risks when you go cross-cultural. Um, but, again, as a Christian, mm-hmm. first of all, I believe I have to do this because it's a picture um, in, in the Scripture of this um, wonderful world that God has created and uh, the new community that he is creating out of all the nations, all the ethnicities, and uh, I've got to take that step up. Plus, I am personally, selfishly missing gifts, the gifts that people have to bring that I've uh, I've not noticed. So hmm. I, I think we, we admit um, it's not been really great all along. We have a particular history in this country that is, you know, it's America's original sin, obviously, slavery. Um, not to mention the occupation of this country and the and the the ruining of a, a native population um, that continues mostly unacknowledged today. But um, mm-hmm. once you sort of awaken to um, that reality and the pain of that, and you just begin to feel the pain. Most of us run away from that, um, and we don't want to you know risk more pain by getting into deeper relationships because you know this isn't this isn't going to end well. But the truth is, if uh, if we can trust our God who's moving us, who's calling us into these relationships, um, it's, it's, it's going to be better than you can imagine. You're, you're going to miss it all if you don't open up to uh, the world that God's created. And uh, people who are suff- suffering, struggling, and also at the same time people who bring incredible gifts and talents and beauty into our lives if we allow that. And, and we to them. It's mutual. It's mm-hmm. supposed to be. Mm-hmm. What do we do, uh, Doug? You say that the key is um, relationships. Um, yes. Talk, talk about that a little bit more. Well, and I, I mean I, real here, relationships because, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, my question is because some of us uh, don't have the opportunity because we're, we live in such separate worlds. That um, we are, you know, we have to we have to go way down the list before we find uh, a, a, a black person that that we even know or have. Well, isn't it, isn't that sad that we live in such separate worlds? And uh, I'm I'm either to blame for that, and I think in in large part that's the case. Um, I'm I'm complicit uh-huh. in that, or. I, I've just acquiesced to what is, and it's not convenient, and it's not easy, and it involves risk. I don't know how I'm going to be received, and I don't know what I have to offer, and I'm a little bit afraid, and I'm suspicious, and all those things. I have to get past that. It's time mm-hmm. to grow up a bit. It's time to live by faith. I claim that I have some, so let's let's test mm-hmm. it. And uh, I find out, of course, that most of my fears um, are misplaced. Uh, some of them are are real, and I will find uh, I will meet fears coming at me on the other side as well. And uh, mm-hmm. so, what do we do? How do we find common ground? Well, it takes it takes a commitment. It has to be intentional. Otherwise, you know, it's it's not going to happen. For me, I grew up in a, again that all white world. There were Latinos around mm-hmm. in uh, southern Arizona where I grew up, but they were mostly invisible to me. They served us. Uh, they were a different class than us for the most part, even though originally, of course, the Spanish and the Mexicans coming up were the heart and soul of Tucson. But um, mm. that was my that was my world. Black folks, I don't know that I saw any growing up. So yeah. I uh, and then I, so I I ended up at uh, Cal Berkeley of all places, and uh, my head was spinning. And then I went on to Fuller Seminary and the School of World Mission, and there were literally folks coming in from all over the world 
and that was eye-opening to say the least in a relatively safe place, so sometimes it got a little bit tense, and you have to be willing to endure that. And then finally getting out into mission and traveling and, and then coming back to this country and look, taking a closer look at the city at urban settings, you know, where immigrants tend to, tend to go, and especially in the San Francisco Bay Area where I lived for, for more than 30 years, and the opportunity to make relationships there. Um, it, it, you know, we're supposed to be this, this preview of the kingdom of God. Uh, this is the heavenly ideal that's supposed to become earthly in its manifestation. Um, it's not easy to do. It never is. Relationships, period, aren't aren't easy. They're 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 difficult and they're challenging because we tend to be rather self-centered and we do we are fra- more fragile than we know. But we also have this great potential for for uh, m- making a new relationship that will open up a new world. And I do believe that God is calling us and still is calling us and especially now calling us to be a model for others. So. Hello? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you, but you dropped out okay. for a second. Just got a message saying we're off the queue here, but go ahead. Uh, is that what you got? Uh, that's see. what I heard a couple of times, and I just ignored it. Yeah, no, we're okay. We're okay. Good, good, because we got I a little more to talk about here. Yeah. Yeah, we do. And and I'm aware of the fact that people listening to this are going to come from all different backgrounds. And so I'm just claiming from my context, you know, I'm on a learning curve. Um, There's no expert in this area. There are some people who can help us because they've studied this. But but all of us are uh, are still learning, and we need to humble ourselves to admit that we've got a long ways to go. You know, I I think there are experiences you are asking, well, how do we do this where we've lived separate lives? You know, we're going to have to work so hard even to find a connection with somebody who's different. I think I think the media is uh, has been helpful lately. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, Twelve Years a Slave. If you don't know what that was like, go watch that film. Um, it was so painful. I actually walked out for a few minutes because the cruelty was um, it was difficult for me to take and uh, the kind of cruelty that I can't stand to watch. Recently, the Free State of Jones which shows you the, not only the Civil War, but Reconstruction. And uh, we tend to think, especially, I suppose, from the, um, from the point of view of white privilege, that, uh, well, the Civil War ended that issue, and, and now there are no more slaves and everything's fine. Well, Reconstruction, which went, um, you know, it, it, it did go up a few ticks until the uh, Union troops left, and then things went bad, and the KKK, you know, um, appeared on the scene. And we realize, mm-hmm. you know, this this history is a lot more complex and a lot more difficult and even more depressing than we know. And we need to understand that and, and find ways to identify with that by listening to stories about that and uh, sitting and uh, maybe developing something called empathy, which I think is in short supply. And then, and then just mm-hmm. uh, on a whole different topic, but... Um, uh, the Latino culture, and especially in my uh, in, in my home state, um, not until recently was is uh, California and uh, if you watch a film like McFarland USA you'll look at a white guy uh, a white family moving into a Latino community and all the misunderstandings and tensions that spill over ultimately because um, of the of the determination to make a relationship work there into something so beautiful and they even got the national attention so there's just there there are opportunities to kind of vicariously experience you know this this great divide and then begin to see rays of hope come through and I think that's God talking to us calling us pleading with us mm. 
Hmm. What about our churches, uh, Doug? How can, you know, I mean, it's been said that the 11 o'clock Sunday morning is the yeah. most segregated hour in the week. And, um, yep. you know, what, what can the average the average person do about that? Um, or is that something that can really only happen at a, at a higher level, like pastors, you know, reaching across the barriers maybe to black churches and trying to do some things together? Uh, I, what it, uh, could you speak into that a little bit? Sure. Well, um, uh, you know, it'd be great if, if pastors would get this and make this a uh, priority. And I think in terms of kingdom priorities, mm-hmm. it ought to be, ought to be very high uh, on on the scale. Um, when I was pastor of a church in Walnut Creek, California, East Bay, uh, Walnut Creek was uh, um, always known as a white enclave. And right across the hills, they might have been the they might as well have been the Himalayas. Was Oakland, California, and people would joke right. on my side of the hills about when you go through Oakland, if you have to, it's like going through Samaria, you know, roll your windows up. Well, then I find out when I make relationships in Oakland with pastors in Oakland and churches in Oakland that they don't come to Walnut Creek because uh, they'll be profiled as soon as they roll into town, and they'll be stopped, and they have been stopped, and I've had to assure them that they'll be safe with me if I take them to lunch in Walnut Creek. So almost a mirror image, and I decided um, that we needed a sister church relationship because we were just seeing a little sliver of what God had in mind, so we made a relationship with a church in Oakland. And, uh, you know, we tried uh, to get some things going, and it was kind of stop and start and uh, not, a lot of, not a lot of enthusiasm for it beyond the pastors. Then came the, uh, the Rodney King riots, um, and South Central L.A. went up in flames, you know, 20-plus years ago. And uh, yeah. we decided we had to get our churches together, um, and I invited them to come over to us on the Sunday night. It started on a Wednesday night, if you, rem- if you re- uh, remember that time. And uh, how about Sunday night? Why don't you come over and we'll get together and pray? And he said, no, I think actually it's more um, significant if you come to us. And I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. I don't know that I can get anybody to come. Uh, Can I even fill up my car? Well, um, to my uh, great surprise and shock and delight, uh, 80 of us made the trek on that Sunday night into West Oakland uh, for a time to gather with uh, True Vine, the church there, and... uh, they were um as you know they were they were um as concerned as I was about not being able to bring people they didn't want to bring too many so they, they only brought twenty people thinking that we would only bring maybe twenty or fifteen or less and uh, we had eighty so we were kind of overwhelming but we 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 got together and the pastor and I stood up, which by the way, I think occasionally leaders need to stand together and model what this might look like. Are you guys actually friends? do you know each other? Um, do you know each other's families? Is there anything happening here? I mean, somebody needs to lead the way. Somebody needs to, um, um, you know, get get this going. And uh, so we stood there, and I said, we're going to pray. And the pastor said, before we pray, my friend, my friend, Pastor Newton Carey, my new friend, we'd been together about a year trying some things. It was awkward at times, but we kept at it. We were both determined. He said, before we pray, I think we need to share some of what we're feeling right now. Well, we don't ever do that in front of each other. We don't know how to do that because there's some dark feelings, whether it's fear, whether it's uh, flat-out prejudice, um, uh, whatever, it, whatever it might be, or just complete ignorance, which is prob- probably my greatest fear, that somebody will say something stupid. Well, we're going to. It's inevitable. Somebody will say something stupid, and you have to get through that barrier. And uh, if you're making mm-hmm. a good faith effort, most people will give you a break and say, keep, keep going, bring it on. 
we'll correct you if you have a wrong perception. And so we did. We shared that, and then we did pray together. And, boy, there were some powerful, uh, very candid comments that came up, I think very enlightening, very eye-opening. And that was really the beginning of our relationship as a church. It was in that crisis. We prayed that the angel of death would pass over Oakland, and indeed she did. I'm sure there were others praying as well. We can't take full credit. But um, that relationship continues to this day now, you know, 20-plus years later those two churches, and I'm mm. gone as the pastor, but the churches um, have those relationships. And and uh, it, it, it takes some hard work, but um, it is the work of faith and it's the work that we're called to, and there are great rewards. Well, um, where where are we, uh, you know, what, what, where are we going now? I, what, what do you think... Um, Maybe on on the on the larger scale, as far as our 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 culture and um, the media and all that, um, is there is there hope somewhere? And uh, you know, this crazy election year, what <laughs> what? Uh, yes, I don't know. Have you have you got any, any? Can you give us any any hope? And and what do we need to? Um, what do we need to work on, you know, in a practical sort of way? Well, my gut tells me there is no hope that we're going down um, in this crazy election year. And you've got, you know, um, comments, rhetoric flying back and forth. And it seems like we've just lost, you know, several paces. We've gone backwards. Um, and it's almost a competition, you know, who can say the rudest thing. And then there's reactions and counter-reactions. And uh, after a while, you know, you don't, you don't even know what to do. I'm thinking of uh, Montrell Jackson, uh, one of the police officers who was shot and killed in Baton Rouge just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, a week before he died, uh, African-American, as you might guess, um, he uh, went on Facebook and posted uh, a comment. said, when I'm in uh, uniform, I get uh, hateful stares from some groups of people. When I'm out of uniform, because I'm a large black man, I know that I threaten some people and I get similar kinds of looks. And it's like a lose-lose. Um, those who try to step into the gap, those who try to uh, make community work, those who try to become agents of reconciliation um, are often shouted down, if not shot down these days. And yet that is our calling. There is no other option. It would be easy to play it safe and try to play it safe. But let me tell you, this trouble will find you if you try to play it safe, caught in the crossfire of the rhetoric. And the rhetoric is awfully heated and, uh, and yes, often uh, hateful. It's just uh, it's not even subtle anymore. And we need people who will stand up and become peacemakers. And you have to make new relationships. You have to deepen relationships. And you have to go public with those relationships. And you have to avoid simply lining up with an ideology, right or left. This is beyond ideology. This is the third way. This is the way of Christ. This is what he did. Hmm. Hmm. Well... And and so, from a positive standpoint, that could be a huge thing that the church could do: uh, start to model um, relationships and a coming together and the love of of one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, certainly, uh, certainly, there's no reason why we can't do that. Um, What's it going to take? I think, you know, maybe just speak to the average person in 
in the average Christian in the marketplace who might feel like, well, what? I'm just one guy. You know, what What can I do to make a difference in my little yeah. world? Well, it, it's sad that we're just waking up now, uh, many of us are, to, oh, I think there's a mm-hmm. problem. This might even be a crisis. Um, I can't imagine what opportunity I have. Um, it's likely been asleep for how many years now? Or think that it was solved, you know, by the civil rights movement, or it doesn't matter. Or when someone says, I mean, here's here's a typical reaction. Someone on one side says black lives matter, and the reason they say that is because apparently they don't matter because of uh, what we're seeing in the news and what happens uh, in right. these encounters between uh, police and uh and young black men usually uh, walking around, some of them uh, in a criminal context, some of them not at all in a criminal context, uh, very innocently. So um, black lives matter, we hear, and those of us on the other side, uh, the racial divide say, well, all lives matter. And what we've just done is we've just sort of uh, diminished, uh, if not absolutely discredited what the other person said, because of course all lives matter. But the question is, do certain groups of people matter? Do they really matter to us, and do they have equal protection, and do we care? It's the black family that has to sit down with the teenage son and say, listen, son, when you are stopped by the police, by the way, a white family hopes, believes that will never happen. The black family knows it will happen. When you are stopped by the police, here's how you act. Here's how you behave. Don't provoke them. Don't raise your, you know, don't raise your, uh, your voice. Do everything they tell you, even if it's completely unreasonable, and just lie down and play dead if you have to. That that conversation goes on all the time. You have to do that for your young person, especially uh, the young boy, because uh, he already arouses the suspicion of the policeman. And all it takes is a perception that he is dangerous to now make the policeman himself dangerous. Now, there's better training going on. We heard from David Brown, the police yeah. chief in Dallas recently. Yeah. Fantastic. I love this guy. I'm glad he's uh, getting um, a mm-hmm. lot of uh, notoriety in the positive sense. Um, but what the average person can do, the average person can open up their eyes because we tend to have tunnel vision. We're comfortable with people who are like us, but we're missing the richness and the diversity that God has created and put right in our own community. Uh, we will walk up to strangers who are dressed in a police uniform today and thank them for their service. Um, there are folks that are living in a different world who might need an approach from someone saying, so how are you doing? So what's happening in your world, in your community? Um, I don't think we know each other. We've been coming and shopping at the same shopping center. Um, I don't know. And most of us are not willing to do that because we're, we're kind of inhibited. We don't know how to cross these barriers. But our faith is always about crossing these barriers, disrespecting these barriers that our society puts up. And, um, and and showing the face of Christ, and yes, it's going to be awkward and we're going to feel foolish, but you know what? If people feel anything like genuine love coming at them, genuine interest at least, uh, most people respond very well. In fact, they're shocked. And uh, mm. Um, mm. Our, 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 our churches, like the rest of our world, like our schools, are segregated, not by law anymore, but by custom, by practice, by preference. And, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 now it can develop on both sides. I don't want to be with you, and because you don't want to be with me, I don't want to be with you. And so um, it's a vicious cycle, and somebody's got to break that and step out, and I, I think the, the call is on us. And I obviously individual Christians, churches, communities, and it's got to be an equal kind of relationship, not a top-down thing, nothing condescending. Mm-hmm. We're not helping anybody. Yeah. We're helping ourselves, and ultimately we're going to help each other and there's a whole lot to gain, and if we don't do anything, then a whole lot more to lose. 
This is true, by the way, of our Muslim friends, as well as others who are coming from other places. Obviously, they're feeling the sting of this. And uh, uh, we, we should take those opportunities. We should go out of our way. We should start discussions. It's not hard to start it. Who knows where it will go? You can't predict it. You can't control it. Trust the Holy Spirit to be at work here. Wow. Wow. Well, that's pretty exciting, Doug. Um, well, it, it is It is exciting because when it gets dangerous, it gets exciting. That's the way God works. Yeah. Yeah. And that that almost that could that could that could turn a dull life into uh something a lot more interesting um rather than just getting by someone who who wants to actually get through and get across and get over to another side and uh be vulnerable and take a risk and learn what could be learned uh from someone so different than myself. Well, it's all very counterintuitive, this uh, this approach of the kingdom, because when I'm most likely to feel fear, that's when I should make myself vulnerable. My natural reaction is to cocoon and, and, and protect and build a fortress, whether in my church or my home or my community, and uh, stave off, you know, the hordes of strange, you know, people out there. Um, there's so much in the mm-hmm. scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, about welcoming the alien and how we, how we treat the stranger. Remember, you were strangers once. And by the way, Israel, which uh, you know began as the Semitic people, um, ultimately became a very mixed race kind of people because others were drawn in. It wasn't about your race; it was about your focus on God. You could be an, an Israelite, and this, of course, is true in modern Israel, and and come from a different country and have a different skin color, and you are truly Israel. And now, of course, as the church absorbs the Gentile world, you know, it is, this, it is the nations. And you get to Revelation 21 and 22. And this is God's vision. This is God's dream that the nations of the world, the kings of the world, will bring their treasures, bring their cultures. And it isn't just, you know, by nation, by political definition. It's, it's the, eth- the ethnos, the, the ethnic groups. God wants all of this to be represented because he created us and invested his image in us. That's what he wants. That's what he dreams. We're, we're going with him when we go in this direction, as hard as it seems. But when it when it when there's a breakthrough in a relationship, when you see people who aren't supposed to be together by social definition, you wonder what's going on. Mm-hmm. What's the source of this? And that's our witness right now. It's a huge witness. Wow. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, Doug, um, you know. Half hour goes by very fast, and oh, that was uh, too fast. We've got much more to talk about, John. <laughs> we have much more to talk about, so we will we will just have you back some other time, and uh, would love it. Just going, and 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 we will we will certainly keep praying and um, keep trying to be on the edge of of where where we can go. I, I think what I'm what I've got from you today is is to be intentional and yes. um and and to be vulnerable. I think that's that's the big deal. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we need to look. We need to look around and uh uh open our eyes. <laughs> One of the first songs I ever wrote, look all around you and see what is real. <laughs> I remember it well. Let's let's bring it back. That's- let's sing it again. Hear, hear what is true and be sure what you feel. Touch someone near you in love if you can. Give all yeah. you have and be part of God's plan.
plan. So we got to do something different than what we're doing right now because we're, we're still not, not we're still not living that ideal, and uh, we can sing it. But does it get into our hearts so that we live it? And I know that was your intention and uh, certainly would be my prayer. I hope everyone can join us in that. I hope so, too. That's great. We've got to, we've got so, to get beyond tolerance. That's too weak. Most of us are, are satisfied yeah. with rising to the level of tolerance. That's not what God calls us to. We're talking about loving our neighbor and embracing our neighbor and investing ourselves in somebody else's life and and serving to the point where there's healing that takes place in that other person's life, and, and in mine as well, as we heal this great breach that uh, is against God's will. Wow. Doug, thank you so much. My pleasure. And uh, and, and and God bless. Always great to, ha- to talk with you, um, and I look forward to when we can uh, do this again sometime. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. You bet. That was Doug Stevens, folks, pastor at uh, Paradise Community Church in Phoenix, um, talking some really good about race relations in America, and hopefully we can start to get a new vision. God bless you. Keep listening. Keep working. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you could save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your moves. Sarah figured out that by switching to Metro PCS, she gets two free smartphones. Your barbecue ribs are the best. Take the rest home with you, Sarah. Just like she figured out that by visiting her in-laws, she doesn't have to cook for the rest of the week. You too figure it out. Get two free 4G LTE smartphones from top brands like Samsung and LG after instant rebate when you switch. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included. See store or metropcs.com for details and terms and conditions.